0: and welcome to Family History Modernized, the podcast, where my number one goal is to get you fired up about family history. Times have changed and family history isn't just for your grandma. You can sneak it into your everyday life and the blessings far outweigh any sacrifice, I promise. This podcast is all about connecting to your family, both past and present, and I am so glad that you're here. As a creative pioneer in the scrapbooking industry, Wendy Smedley was a well-known expert of scrapbooking products, industry developments, and creative innovations. She was creative editor with Simple Scrapbooks magazine for over six years, managing the product focus section of the magazine and representing Simple on the popular Scrapbooks Memories program seen on local PBS stations. She's authored three books on scrapbooking and worked with Ella Publishing and Big Picture Classes on content development and marketing. In 2014, Wendy started with FamilySearch.org and is currently over social media, blog, and other outreach projects. Her passion resides in inviting everyone to engage in family history. I absolutely love Wendy, and her passion for family history is definitely apparent in our interview. Her unique upbringing is a wonderful example to me of embracing our families no matter what they may look like. Enjoy the show. All right. I have Wendy Smedley on the other line. And Wendy, I am so thrilled that you are here today and that you have come to talk to my listeners about family history. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for asking. This is going to be great. Yeah, I am super excited. So I would love to first start off with um, you telling a little bit about how you came to love family history work. Well, that's
1: a great question. Thank you for asking it. And and I, I would say that... Um, I've always been interested in family history, and here's one of the reasons why. And I never realized it until later, like the last couple of years. My parents both came from painful childhoods and never, ever talked about their childhood. Mm -hmm. And my dad was an only child, um, and my mom's parents had both passed away before she was even married. And we had one aunt that we were close with, but the rest of her siblings, nobody lived nearby us. We had no extended family. I had the concept of extended family was extremely foreign to me. And so without a family, extended family and stories and grandparents, I craved that Mm -hmm. more than I think I realized. Um, So my parents didn't talk about childhood until the last 5 to 10 years. So as a child, they never my I think my mom would tell us two stories and my dad had, you know, two or three stories that he would retell, but it was wow. very painful for them. So I've loved the idea of discovering what I had, what I didn't have and then also leaving sort of a legacy of stories and memories for my own children. So it came out of love. And curiosity curiosity because i didn't know and love for my own children is really where family history sort of ignited for me
0: Mm, i love that so much so do you have in your research since you've started do you have uh, an ancestor that you feel especially connected to Oh, you know what? It's
1: funny because I think we all can find that person. And some uh, some people are really lucky because it's somebody they actually had a relationship with who's mm-hmm. passed. And mine, um, her name is Patrine Bertelsen, and she um, grew up in Denmark and her family joined the LDS church. And because of that, She had to leave school, and um, her family was very poor. And so at a young age, she had to go live with another family and sort of be the housekeeper and caretaker for the kids. And she ended up coming across, um, leaving Denmark and coming to New York, and then from New York, trekking across the plains to Utah as a young woman. And she married into um, a polygamous family, and her sister was actually married to the same man that she married. And um, so if you can imagine just from those details, I think we're all thinking of hardships Mm -hmm. and the things that she overcame. (laughs) She then went to um, have 12 children who grew to adulthood, and she has the first set of fraternal, or we think they're fraternal twins that I've been able to identify, and I have Mm. twins and reading some of her life history because she was married to a polygamist and had such a large you know family there's a lot of documents and stories about her Um, i can tell that she was very very loved and she um had a love for babies and newborns and it's funny because i've always had that same you know i've always been drawn to babies Mm -hmm. and i've always wanted to be a mother and um I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, that I came from her, her blood. And so reading about ancestors, and this, this is true for me and you and other people is you, you kind of look for commonalities, right? And you think, oh, she had twins and I have twins and oh, she loves babies and I love babies and she had hardship and I had hardship. And you, I read these accounts of, um, people that she helped. And how much love they have for her, and it's the type of thing that just really, really um, kind of lifts and boosts me. And the the other piece that I think is interesting for me is there's photos and stories that are recorded from her life, and mm-hmm. so it's easier to get to know her. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, she was born in the 1800s, and and I'm sure just lived a really hard life. But I love. I love the stories of her helping families. And yeah, so Patrine Bertelsen, that's that's my person. How about
0: you? Oh, that's, yes, I, so I think there's a few that I feel especially connected to, but um, like I've told my listeners in earlier podcasts, I have my Lebanese, my Lebanese line is just oh. the line that I feel so connected to, and I just cannot wait to meet them because, um yeah they're just incredible and i i think partly because i just don't know anybody else that has you know a direct connect yeah to lebanese blood but um they i found some photos and i agree with you that when you see a photo of your actual ancestor you just can't help but feel that connection and just feel so you know so much love and appreciation for what they went through yeah and 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 and
1: and, um we call, it, we call it contextual, right? The mm-hmm. photos and the stories, they make them, and the records, they make them come, come to life. And even though some people may just see a name or a date, um, you, you kind of sometimes, I think, you tell yourself stories. Or you can look, and for your Lebanese line, you can look and see history, like what was happening at the time that they lived and where they lived. Yes. You, you, know, you, can, you start to paint a picture, I think, mm-hmm. that is, is really wonderful.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, there's a few, and it's not just my Lebanese line, but that is, you know, my, so she's my um, great-great-great-grandma, and her name was Nazara, and I just, I love her, so. <laughs>
1: that's, that's, I that's who I, Patrine is my great-great-great-grandmother also, mm-hmm. so isn't that interesting? That is interesting.
0: <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that. I love that you, you came from a background where family stories weren't Some things that were super important in your family, even almost not, you know, they weren't talked about and it wasn't, wasn't even a part of your family culture. So I think that's really inspiring because I know that there are a lot of people who have that, you know, those painful Mm -hmm. memories and they just don't really want to even think about their family.
1: (laughs) Right. And And, you know, it's, we, everybody does, like we all have um, those parts. And I think, one of the benefits of knowing about it is thinking, you know, somebody overcame this or Mm -hmm. we're strong because of this or in spite of this.
0: Yes. Yeah. I totally agree because I think, you know, nobody, nobody's perfect and nobody's family is perfect. Even though sometimes I feel like people seem that way, but, um, Ah, but yeah, I think nobody's perfect. Yeah. So I love that. I love that to see where you've come from your, you know, your beginnings where your parents just didn't want to, Talk about their childhood. So I think that's very sure. inspiring. So now you are the project manager for Family Search. And I just think that is super inspiring. And I would love to hear what you have learned in that position and how it has enhanced your testimony of family history work. Oh, thank you. Thank you
1: for asking. And um, there, you know, Family Search is, a, is as, as, People I'm sure can imagine. It's the family history department of the LDS Church, and um, it's a big organization. There's quite a few employees, and a lot of the employees are um, they, they support the website familysearch.org with records and publishing and back end, and it's it's a big, mm-hmm. it's a big <laughs> production. And um I work in the outreach division. And what our responsibilities are are to really um, provide um, opportunities for people to engage in family history and be successful. We speak to a lot of beginners or novices who, who have kind of felt the call to family history, but they don't know where to start. And I'm not a genealogist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work with some really smart genealogists, and I think they're amazing, but I think you can do family history, um, a lot, a lot of family history without being a genealogist. And right. so, being a project manager, I get to work on the social media, the family search social media channels, and family search has a blog, um, and so content for that. And I think, as far as um, testimony strengthening, um, working here, it, it amazes me. The, the sort of everyday miracles that we see with mm-hmm. especially in the groups that work on getting records published and one of the differentiators from family Search and other profit genealogy organizations is that the records that we acquire and and to acquire records it's a ton of work
0: yeah I you can't know if you imagine. can
1: imagine <laughs> each country is made up of, pieces. And it could be states or counties or parishes or whatever. And then each of those groups has record keepers and people who are responsible for this record. So, so you have to get permission and there's a lot, there's contracts and, mm-hmm. you know, all of these pieces that make it a very laborious process. And so you hear of stories of record sets being published in areas like Peru or the Philippines or Honduras and families you know, individuals with an affinity for family history, perhaps because they're members of the LDS Church, they're able to find information that they couldn't previously. And for-profit organizations um, aren't necessarily looking to publish record sets Mm -hmm. in areas like these underdeveloped countries. And, you know, in Africa, there's an oral genealogy project that's been going on for about 10 years and they send people out to different villages and record the village you know either the record keeper or the chief talking and use that information um, for you know for the record of the people that lived there My and goodness. so it allows LDS members to do the um, proxy work for them in the in the, the temple and so other organizations aren't they aren't doing that mm-hmm. right it's just, it's just family search. So, when you work with people who work really really hard to bring records to countries and and underserved populations, it's very meaningful. I also love hearing stories of people who have discovered family members or how it has strengthened them in hard times and kind of as you were just saying, you know everybody has something right. in their life that's difficult. And when you learn about what your ancestors have overcome, I think it it, it helps us be um, to use a, a relevant term resilient. Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 really moving to me to see how learning about our past really helps us every day. And I also I also think. Um, when you have in your mind that you're part of a family or a part of a, a you know, a, a chain or a, and you're a link, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> We've talked about this recently. Um, it, you're connected to all of these people who have come before and who are going to come after. And it gives you an awareness and appreciation of what you do with your time and the things that you record or save that I think you wouldn't have if you weren't paying attention to family history. And so it it kind of, it's almost like a lens that allows me personally to lead a better life. Mm -hmm. Um, So there you go. There's my answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was just so fantastic. I, I I don't think I've ever totally thought about all of the work that goes into getting these records. And it's (gasps) so fascinating to hear you say that because I think it's something that's so easy to take for granted these days with all the technology and just the information that's readily available at our fingertips, you know, all we have to do is log into the website and we can easily find things. But I what? think, you know, the way you describe that and people going to these villages, and I think that just has opened my eyes a little bit more to how, what an amazing time we live in right now where we have yes. so much available and we almost, you know, don't have an excuse to get started because <laughs> there's so much information out there. We do.
1: And, and you know, the, I, I've seen different stats, um, but it's I think the one that is safe to say, you know, half of the, the, the children that live today in the world do not have a record. Mm. And by that, we're even talking basic, basic things like a birth certificate, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so we take all of that, I think, here, you know, we just think it's part of life, but other people, we don't, there's no way of tracking them and. Yeah, it does. It does put things into perspective in a way.
0: Um, Yeah. So thank you for letting me talk about it. (laughs) That was very interesting. Okay. So you've headed up a project called 52 stories, or at least you've contributed to it. I think this is a really awesome idea and something that you can easily incorporate into your life. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about it and how you personally make time for it.
1: Okay. So, the idea with um, 52 Stories, you know, um, uh, it's very common to join like an online challenge and everybody support each other and cheer each other on. There's something to this community sort of effort. And so, we were looking for a way to make something like recording a living history for yourself or somebody else from daunting to doable. Mm. And 52 Stories was intended to be that bridge, if you will. And the idea is, is there's 12 topics. And then, and you know, they are in each month and then there's a bunch of questions that you can answer. And if you answer questions from each month, then it tells and paints a pretty good picture of of your life. And what I have found um, for me that the easiest way to record is I'm a verbal communicator. Mm -hmm. I'm better verbally, which thank you for the podcast (laughs) (laughs) interview, um, than I am written. So I use the Memories app, Family Search Memories mm-hmm. app, and then I will record, you know, two to three to four minutes answering a question, and I have, I have started doing that um, on the first Sunday of each month, mm-hmm. and it takes me 20, 30 minutes, and um, I'll do four or five questions, and, and I figure that if I wanted to, I could transcribe those at some time. But because I'm adding them to Family Search right. and they're attached to me and I'm a living person, nobody else can mm-hmm. see them. But when I die, then it will be available. And I can also save those recordings on my phone. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I personally do it, depending on individual's easiest or preferred way of communication is the way that I would go about it. So if you prefer to write, you know, or if you prefer to do something quick on, you know, social Mm -hmm. media, um, you can absolutely do that. I think it just really depends on what is your aptitude for communicating. Um, I've also been doing it with my parents, and I'll send my mom, she's still interested, in email. Mm -hmm. And it will have the question and then she'll reply with her answer. And then I just save that in a Google Doc and I can do something, you know, with it mm-hmm. later. And my my husband actually has also been, he's been interviewing his parents, and he'll go over on a Sunday, maybe every other month, and he'll ask them a few questions. Mm-hmm. And what, what's been interesting when you think about interviewing somebody else is some people like to be able to think about the questions or the topic before, and then they have um, ideas. And so my, when my husband first started doing it, his parents, who are natural storytellers, <laughs> were like, I don't know, you know, I don't really remember what my grandma's house was like, but he found that if he gave them the topic ahead mm. of time, that they were prepared. And so there's, there's a couple different ways you can do it. You can do it for yourself, you know, you can interview or you can use it as like a conversation piece at a family reunion or a family dinner.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, and I'll make sure you have the link. Yes, I'll post that all the the information. information People can click on it and see what you're talking about. But I love all of the tips that you just gave. There's so many different ways that you can, you can do it. It doesn't have to be just a one set way for everybody. And that's what I love about family history, because there's just so many ways that it can be done and whatever, you know, feels right to you and what the things that you love to do, you can, you can make it work. Absolutely. And, and find ways. I think we need to shift our
1: thinking from, you know, family history is a solo activity that is involved in records. That's part of family Mm -hmm. history, but the things that people are sharing on social media or at the dinner table or, you know, in family gatherings, that that's family history. And if you can, Just record, you know, one-tenth of that or Mm one-hundredth of that and then save it. You're doing family history, and all of a sudden you feel like, oh, I can succeed at this, you know? And and that's what we want people to be able to do is succeed. And at different parts in your life, you'll have abilities to do different things. And right now it might be you're a busy mom and you're in the car all the time. So record, you know, share a story Mm -hmm. of an ancestor as you're carpooling or ask your kids questions
0: and record that.
1: I mean, you know, you can do yeah. that,
0: yes. I think. I know, and I love, so Family, the Memories app is one of my very favorite apps. I, I love it oh. so much. I've used it at a family reunion to go around and, you know, I passed the phone around and everyone shared their favorite memory of an ancestor they could remember. Oh, that's and awesome. it was such a cool experience, but I've never thought about doing it, you know, like answering questions for myself on the Memories app i know so i am definitely going to do that i love your idea of doing it on the first sunday of the month so i'm gonna have to put that into practice and well and it's, it's just easy i mean even if you have time even if you have five mm-hmm. minutes it's something
1: yeah. you know yeah well great i and it, it is a
0: very easy intuitive app to use so mm-hmm. highly recommend it oh so good okay so this year the focus at family search well one of the focuses it has been on the power of food and memories that you know the food evoke so I'd love to hear if you have specific dishes in your family that evoke powerful memories for you
1: the idea around food um really comes from all of the research that Family has conducted when they go across the world to talk to families about how they kind of recognize and celebrate family history as families mm. um And food has been, and and it's not necessarily just in North America where where we are, but it's all over the world. Food is, is, you know, the making of food, the sharing of food, the eating of food. It revolves around, you know, family milestones, events, rituals, traditions. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of associating family history um, with food is like a way for people to participate in family history and it doesn't seem overwhelming. We've invited people to upload recipes, you know, if it's an Mm -hmm. actual recipe card,
0: Mm -hmm. share
1: that it could be a memory, it could be a photo of somebody, you know, preparing or sharing a dish. But what's interesting is this idea of when you're preparing food and you're eating food, family history usually is shared. Um, And for me personally, um, I, I came from a middle class family in California and my parents, had really no traditions from their homes, mm-hmm. hardly any, that they were passing on. And so a lot of things were from scratch or were from what our our neighbors or the families in our congregation would, would introduce to us. Mm-hmm. So we kind of started from scratch. And so I don't have memories of meals or dishes that come from grandparents or great-grandparents or anything. But what I do have memories of and what I've done with um, – I'll talk about what I have memories of and what I've tried to do with my family is the the love that comes from eating and preparing food together. And I associate food with certain like holidays. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so something that I've done with my kids is I've had some of my kids serve um, LDS missions where they go away for a couple of years and they've all gone to different countries. And so we've incorporated the food from those countries into some of our celebrations, specifically at Christmas and New Year's. Mm, and so nice. we, we're we kind of starting our own food traditions. And and I think if you don't have food traditions and you're starting your own, look for, you know, you certainly look at your history and where you're from, but you can, you can start your own. And you probably do things for birthdays that are special. Mm-hmm. You may do things for holidays that are special. And if they involve food, that's family history. And so, You know, take a minute to record those memories. And for me, um, I found that there's like this rice dish that was one of my kids' favorite rice, 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 or one of my favorite kids, that's Justin's favorite um, dinner. Hmm. And the first time I ate it was after one of our family members had passed away and someone from the neighborhood brought us dinner. And so for some reason in my mind, I've associated that dish with comfort Mm-hmm. And it's passed on to my son, and it's nothing fancy <laughs> at <laughs> all. But when I eat it, I'm reminded of this comfort and love that someone gave to me through a meal. Mm. And then you you pass that on to your kids. So the idea of meaningful meals, are it, it, it resonates across cultures. Mm-hmm. And it can be as simple as saying, you know, you know, maybe your husband or yourself served an LDS mission and this was a dish that you were taught how to make. Mm -hmm. And when you're sharing that with your family, you're sharing much more than the
0: actual food.
1: You know, food engages all the senses and you can tell stories
0: in a way that it's rich and deep and meaningful. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So we just have a couple questions left, but I would love to hear what advice you would give to someone who's maybe feeling like all of the work has been done in their family line, or they're not sure where to start. What are your favorite tips to give to beginners? Um,
1: so I think, um, one of our ecclesiastical leaders has talked about, um, and this was at an LDS conference in, um, April and, um, he talked about this idea of finding your part, finding the thing that you can do, that you can contribute. And it you don't have to do all of the things, but you can do something. And I think being prayerful and thinking about what that is for you mm-hmm. is, is the answer. And so it could be your personal history. It could be, you know, your living history. Maybe you're going to be the, the what we call the keeper of the kin for your family, and when your family and extended family get together, you're going to take photos, and then you're going to send those to you know chat books, or you're going to print things out for the family. You know, um, you can do little bits by participating and having a family search account, and if you connect your profile back to your first deceased ancestor, you have to go back. Um, mm-hmm then the tree and family search will start sending record hints, which can allow you to be engaged in the records. That's what I do. And I use the family tree mobile app on on my phone. Mm -hmm. It's super easy. You just look for the task icon and then blue record hints. And, and I feel like so empowered when I do that because it allows you to do what it used to take hours for people to go to libraries or archives and sit and look at microfilm and find the actual record but it's it's sent to you. <laughs> All you have to do as a human is compare the left and the right side and make sure they're accurate and then you attach it and like this is what used to take hours and hours and hours to do and you can do it in minutes. So yes. so I would suggest tasks on the family tree or connect first connect your family tree on FamilySearch mm-hmm. back to your first deceased ancestor. Look for record hints you can do a little bit of descendancy research, so that's like cousins, so if you have a tree that's full, um, you can look for some descendants. And, um, or you can, you know, archive your family's recipes, you know, interview your grandparents or your, your living family and gather their memories, you know, work on preserving a family legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but be prayerful about what it is that you feel that your call is, you know, or where you can contribute
0: yeah i love that i definitely think that prayer can play a huge part in this and Mm -hmm. i think this also goes back to what we were talking about earlier that everybody has a different skill set and things that interest them and so there's not just a one-size-fits-all you know thing for family history it can look different for every single person yes
1: and
0: and and it's okay
1: to say i'm going to do this one sunday a month for an hour right Mm -hmm. you know or i'm going to do it at christmas and valentines or whatever like yeah <laughs> you, you can't do it all and i don't think anyone expects anybody to you know and and right. sometimes there are people and they dedicate their whole lives mm-hmm. and that's wonderful but that's not that's not the norm and that's okay right.
0: yeah and i love the family tree app as well and i think it's so awesome because you know so it's so easy to pull out your phone and hop on instagram or facebook really quick and just kind of scroll through and see what people are doing yes. but maybe it, one suggestion would be to replace five minutes of that time during your day and go attach a record to one of your ancestors. Yes, and I'm glad you said that because you can import photos from fam-
1: um, from Instagram and Facebook into Family Tree. So maybe Ooh. you start a family, maybe you have a family Facebook page and everybody just went to a reunion and they're posting photos on Facebook, which we all know is not a photo archive, and you mm-hmm. import you decide I'm going to import those and I'm going to, you know, put them in the family tree. That's
0: family history. You know, exactly. Oh, I love that. Okay. So many good ideas. (laughs) All right. The last question I have for you today is what, so we've heard a lot about oh, a little bit on social media about this new project, the light keepers and the booklet that Ronna and Allison put together. And I know that you played a part in that. So I'd love to hear what you learned from working on it. And if you can tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, um, there's there's a, there's a couple of things um, that I think as a as you know, family search or the family history department, um, as, and we're international, so we're trying to serve the needs of of what we call our patrons all over the world, and um, that looks different than serving a group, you know, just just a, a select group. So we're spread out, really, really, you know, trying to do a lot of things for like I said, people over the world. And there's mm-hmm. always, like there was, there, was a, there was a gap of ways for people, specifically women, um, with, you know, Christian women who wanted to learn about family history and engage in family history in a meaningful way um, that was not um, using the mobile apps or working with their local consultant. Um, and that's where the idea came from. And mm-hmm. so Allison Kimball is the one who, who wrote it, and she worked with Rana, who designed some of it, and they worked together with this idea that you are an individual who wants to engage in family history, super busy, overwhelmed, have little kids. This is something that you can take and use, and it has um, scriptures and quotes from ecclesiastical leaders, and then mm-hmm. different prompts, which are like, you know, okay, so now that you've read and studied this, you know, there's some questions, and here's some tips on some things to do. And it's meant to be you can engage in it for five minutes, for an hour, and you can come back. You can flip pages. Um, it's, it's like a workbook. It's really cool. And so all mm-hmm. the role I played was the cheerleader. And when <laughs> That's they a very had important this role. idea, I said, yes. And this is not, um, you know, this isn't a family search product, which makes it so... You know personal and and custom to an audience is what Allison and Rana were able to do, and we're so proud of them mm-hmm. um, and there's an event that's happening at roots Tech 2018 it's a day long sort of workshop mostly focused on Christian or LDS women because there'll be a spiritual aspect to it and mm-hmm. um, beginners and it's going to go through the workbook and it'll be very interactive. Um, And so that's really where this came out of. And Mm -hmm. one of the um, people I think you've talked to already, Crystal Farish has been this, you know, she's been the leader of figuring out ways to connect people in person with family history experiences. And she goes around and talks to youth groups or, or, or religious groups. And she teaches in a way that makes it accessible. So Crystal's, Mm -hmm you know, just key to all of these pieces. And 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 I think the idea of, like you said, sacrifice five minutes a day or five minutes a week, and this is going to help you do something meaningful within family history.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. So inspiring. I think there's so many good people out there in the world, and I just love to see what other people are doing and how we can all help each other and connect yes. to our family. So it's and just... You- you're yeah. doing amazing, and I
1: think it's wonderful that you're doing this and I want to be a cheerleader for you oh thank <laughs> and you everybody who's listening you know you're taking the time and and I think be thinking as you're listening what is what do I feel drawn to what do I feel pulled to do um, mm-hmm. and it's different for everybody
0: Oh well thank you so much, Wendy. It has been such a treat to have you here and I just love chatting with you about this because I can feel your passion and I it's just been really inspiring so thank you again for taking the time to talk to us today oh my pleasure anytime seriously (laughs) it's been fun awesome well thank you again you guys thanks so much for being here it means the world to me to be able to share my passion for family history work with all of you if you haven't done so yet feel free to leave me a review on iTunes and you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at family history modernized If you want to shoot me an email, you can do that at familyhistorymodernized at gmail.com. I'd love to hear how you are getting fired up about family history work. See you next week.